Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. Let's pod. Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly. Their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. Welcome back to Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And I have to apologize. Uh, we oh. were a little late w- releasing uh, our commentary on Strange New Worlds Season 2, Episode 1, due to a technical difficulty on my part. Uh, and it, it bumped us back, so we were delayed getting that one out. But this one's going to come out almost right on time, and then we should be right back on time with um, the the third episode of Strange New Worlds. So, anyway. I, I do want to clarify for the listening audience, not my fault this time. <laughs> that this is, is correct. unlike Strange New Worlds Season 1, which was all my fault. So, should I share the technical difficulty? Oh, so so sure. I, I there is the computer that I record on, and then there's the re- the computer that I edit on. Oh, look at you, Rich. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I exchange files via Dropbox. And so, you know, after we're done recording, I drop the recording file into the Dropbox, and I pick it up in my other computer via Dropbox. Well, um, it wasn't syncing. I could not get my other computer to pick it up. And I spent like an entire afternoon trying to remediate the issue. And finally, I, 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 this isn't going to happen. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, and the notion of trying to find a piece of physical media to, you know, export the file on a USB stick to then put in the other one was, I was just like, I don't, I can't even right now. I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's like that hardship of you know I could I could put a a DVD disc into the player, or I could just buy it digitally and stream it. <laughs> I uh, it was it I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, and it wasn't until uh, the other day that I was able to muster the energy to locate a USB stick to uh, move that move that file. Well, you know, you, you speak of of purchasing. Um Digital files, just uh-huh. so you don't have to go upstairs and get the, that's right, the Blu-ray. That's right. Go to the other room and get the Blu-ray. All right. To open uh, up the cabinet to get the Blu-ray. <laughs> I, I have found myself in similar situations, and uh-huh. I am not ashamed. Not ashamed, Aaron. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I was just like, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to open a drawer. <laughs> I've actually pre-ordered some Blu-rays recently. Uh huh. Um, you know, so some of the summer releases are already. Um, Already have pre-orders available, and I've went I went ahead and pre-ordered them. Mm-hmm. So like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, yeah. um, Flash, Fast X, like some of them are already available for pre-order. So like okay, I'll pre-order the Blu-ray. It comes with a digital copy. That's how I'll actually watch it. Right. Um, 
what's exciting is they are also, I also pre-ordered Across the Spider-Verse okay. and uh, the 4K edition of Jaws 2. But, uh, but yeah, I find that I purchased these 4K discs and I never used them. Uh-huh. I just, it's like when I used to buy comics for the digital codes. Right. Um, That's but, you know, on the flip side, I keep, you know, I, I have the physical edition should I need it. Should, you know, perhaps some streaming service decide to remove entirely a show that you adore, that you love. Yeah. I mean, not that I love or adore Star Trek Prodigy, (laughs) but if I did, I would be rather pissed that they not only, um, I don't want to say cancel season two because season two is already in the bag. It's just not going to be airing on Paramount plus because they are, um, just like most streaming services tight for money. So I just find it interesting. entirely off of the platform. And I, sell, yeah. I find it interesting that when Paramount Plus is your home for Star Trek, you know, <laughs> it seems strange to me. screws that up. Yeah, it, that that's very odd to me. I mean, they repeatedly yeah. sell off some of the movies or something like that. Like, it, it, they they have been the streaming home for all Star Trek. For, they do it for like three months at a time. Yeah. <laughs> And then they sell it off, and then they sell off the movies for a little bit to Netflix or something else. Yeah. You know, we have said time and again that, you know, Prodigy is not our Star Trek. But there is a whole chunk of the uh, Star Trek fandom for whom Prodigy is the thing for them. It's the thing that brought them in the door. And I can only imagine the level of ire uh, that that those folks have, you know, that not only is it moving off the platform, uh, but it is also canceled, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They have got to be super cheesed about that. You know, it's funny. um, Unfortunately, I uncovered it two seconds before we started podcasting, but Gizmodo, which is, you know, Yahoo's like geek news Mm -hmm. um, arm has an article says that's titled Paramount's Star Trek struggle is a mess of its own making. Um, Basically about exactly what we're talking about, why fans are upset, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that they, they continue to remove shows and and move them to Netflix or, or things like that. And, it's it's you know we're not the only ones noticing and it's you know Paramount Plus absent Taylor Sheridan uh-huh. has very few selling points yeah you know they do have some some you know new movie releases that will will come there after a certain point and that's fine but you know as far as ongoing selling points reasons to continue to subscribe to the service ongoing mm-hmm. they have Taylor Sheridan shows of which there is a break and Star Trek. Yeah, and why you would get rid of, of of even a minutia of that material is silly to me. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. It it you would never see Disney saying, "Meh, we can uh, we can we can take some of this Star Wars off of our site and yeah. uh, you know send that over to Netflix." Yeah, no, yeah. they'll dump some of that other shit, but yeah. but not not Star Wars or Marvel. Yeah. Well, it's it's crazy to me, and I, f- I feel bad for the fans for 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 whom this is affecting. Uh, that's a that's a terrible place to be in. And you know, if they told me they were doing this with Strange New Worlds, I would completely lose my shit. I feel like yeah. it would be a struggle for me to keep the platform because Picard's yeah, yeah. over. That's right. You know, and, uh, until they announce Star Trek Legacy, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I would have, you know the fact it, that they have. I'm not hanging around for Discovery. <laughs> you yeah. know. You know, if if we don't have a Star Trek Legacy announcement by San Diego Comic Con, you know, by the conclusion of San Diego Comic Con, yeah, 
I feel pretty confident in saying it's not going to happen. I I think it's got to happen. I mean, I feel like it. I feel like happen. it's a budgetary. It may be a budgetary thing, and that's why it's not because it, there's no reason it hasn't already been announced. If it's unless it's just not in production. Yeah. And San Diego Comic Con would be the ideal place to announce it. Yeah. And if they and if it, we go through San Diego Comic Con, then I just feel like they're just not going to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I crazy. could be wrong, you know, but I they the further they get. You know they, they've they've lost the ability to strike while the iron's hot. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I don't want to start off on a negative note, but I started off on a negative note. Well, let, let's turn it around, Paul. Shall we turn it around? Turn the beat around because <clears throat> we have in our possession today Ooh. Enterprise Blonde Ale Lost Worlds. It is a Star Trek beer from our good friends at the Federation of Beer. Yeah, so the Federation of Beer is a conglomerate. I think they work with different brewers right. to brew um, you know, Star Trek-themed beers. And just like Aaron mentioned, this is from Lost Worlds Brewing out of Cornelius, North Carolina. Yep. And features a, a lovely picture of the NCC-1701, the original. No bloody A, B, C, or D. Nope. The, the, the letterless Enterprise. Uh-huh. And so, Aaron. Sir. You mailed me. <laughs> a can of this beer. Uh-huh. And this massive box came in. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when you, did you get excited? <laughs> I was like, what the <laughs> hell is this? With a big styrofoam <clears throat> container. Uh-huh. Multiple dry ice packs. And, and via overnight shipping. And I'm like, what is this? And, I, and <laughs> there was a beer in it. And I'm like, did Aaron spend $50 to ship me a beer? I spent $20 to ship you a beer. But I'm co- including the cost of the materials. I already had those. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, those you were sitting yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used them for the bodies. Yeah. 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 yeah so uh, I'm, I'm excited. We have this Lost World beer. So if you want to yeah. check out um, the the uh, maker of this beer, it's at Lost World's Beer on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So. And you can also check out at Federation of Beer on Instagram. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So well, this Paul, is an officially licensed Star Trek beer. I mean, is. I think Federation of Beer is official. You know, we, yeah. we years ago, when we went to Star Trek Mission New York, the, the one and only Star Trek Mission convention that actually got off the ground, um, we attended a Federation of Beer event from which we gained a Star Trek hat. What was it? A, was it a Star Trek beer hat? Yes, it was a Star Trek beer hat. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, as I recall, a, uh, a pint glass. And I, I did get a Lost Worlds pint glass. They sent me two beers, but only one pint glass. So I'm keeping the pint glass, Paul. They sent you two beers. You gave me. I, I not gonna lie. I thought they probably sent you like a six pack, and you just sent me. I was a beer. really hoping for a six pack, <laughs> but no, they sent me two beers. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna crack mine open. All right, we're doing it. Are you ready? Put it in front of the mic. That's right. Mmm. Okay. I'm sure that edited right out. Are, are you actively drinking it? No, I'm pouring it. Oh, into I my didn't point. bring a glass up. I'm going to drink it from the can like a like savage. An anim- like an animal. It's a blonde ale. That's the way a, a bear would drink a beer, Paul. This is how Captain Kirk would drink his beer. You're drinking your beer like a Captain Picard. He doesn't drink beer. He drinks wine. <laughs> <laughs> smells good. It does smell good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of blonde ales. Mm-hmm, same. So That's really nice, Paul. Oh, you went for it. Okay, I'm I going did. in. I went right in. Ooh, I do like that. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is really nice. Yeah. 
This does not taste like it was made by a food replicator. It does not. It tastes like real beer. Mm-hmm. It is. It's uh, nice. Mine came out nice and pretty. Uh, yeah, my, mine still looks like the can. So sparkling in gold. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's got a good head on it. That's what she said. That's right. <laughs> no, um, yeah, FederationBeer.com. This this is tasty. I, yeah, it's um, you know, it, it's not different from your average blonde ale. And what I mean by that is, it's it feels like a nice crushable summer beer. Yeah, absolutely, a good porch beer. Yeah, good porch beer. Mm-hmm. Um, not too heavy. Yeah. Not, but also not Pilsner. It's not water. There's yeah. definitely some flavor to this. Yeah, there, there's flavor, but it's not bitter. <clears throat> it uh, it's 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 really there's. I'm getting a little bit of like citrus. It's, yeah. It's it's light. Um, not like a light beer, but it's 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 not a heavy beer. Uh, which you know when it's a um, 120 degrees outside, you know you want something that's going to feel a little refreshing. And yeah, this and certainly it's, uh, is. Yeah, 4.8 ABV. 15 IBU, so definitely low on the bitterness scale. God, this is terrific. Yeah. I would I would buy the hell out of this. This is really good. So, you know, this is only available in certain places. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, these beers are only available, sadly, where the um, brewery has distribution rights. Right. So, I, you know, I don't know where Cornelius, North Carolina is, but perhaps if I drove down to North Carolina, I'd be able to acquire some of this beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and when I talked to the guys at Federation of Beer, they told me they were looking for distribu- additional distribution around the country. So, uh, you know, if you're in the business, you might want to reach out to these guys because uh, yeah. this is really tasty. We'll buy it. And I got to tell you, I mean, okay, so love the beer. Beer's great. I'm drinking the beer. I would drink another one if I had it on me. But I, lo- <laughs> I love the artwork on the can. Oh yeah, I, the artwork on the can is so much fun. I, there is something really nice about you know I've had this in my refrigerator now for a couple of weeks, and I, I it has put a smile on my face every time I've I've reached in there to grab another beer, seeing that you know the good ship Starship Enterprise was sitting in there. That's always nice to see. Well, and I will tell you that um, a couple of couple of things I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. One, um, Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm distracted because I'm drinking beer. Um, so if you're not familiar with Lost World's Brewing, it is it looks to be near Charlotte, North Carolina. Right. I will be going to Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, look at Paul. Paul's so going. So I I, I'm going to uh, – I, I will check out a um, – you know, I'll check out a, a store and see if I can – actually, I wonder how close it is. And I wonder if it's something that I can actually stop at because I'm driving there. Right. It's about a five-hour drive from from where I currently live. I'm wondering if I could check out the brewery itself. Now, I don't know that it's readily available. Definitely check out federationofbeer.com and check out Lost World's Brewing to her availability. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to investigate her. Do it. And you know, bring me back a case. Do it. Do it, Paul. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'll go. I, I will go through all the proper. Sh- I should have kept that freaking box that you sent me. <laughs> you didn't keep the box? <laughs> no. <laughs> Stupid, Paul. I have so many of those things. <laughs> Every time someone gets me like um, an Omaha steak subscription, I'm uh-huh. like, "Well, this is a useful styrofoam cooler. I'll yeah. hold on to this." Yeah. yeah, I like it, Aaron. This is good beer. This is really good. And you know, I could see myself sitting on the porch listening to an audiobook narrated by Andrew Robinson. Oh, you know, while, while drinking your beer, while drinking my beer, and I'll have that opportunity in August. 
because <laughs> because I'll have shipped you some beer and you'll have shipped me some beer. And Andrew J. Robinson has not only written a Star Trek Deep Space Nine book, but he will be narrating it in the audiobook as well. So it is Star Trek Deep Space Nine, a stitch in time. And uh, it apparently Ooh. features uh, Garrick heavily. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for this because, you know, I love me some Andrew Robinson. I love me some Garrick. I love me some Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And I got to say, I love me some Star Trek Enterprise Blonde Ale from Lost Worlds. Right. We're not sponsored. I mean, they sent us two free beers, <laughs> so I, I can't really. We, uh, we can be bought pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two beers can, can purchase mm-hmm. our. Now, um, if you're curious about the label art, because it does show some cool, uh, you know, has a little story on the side of it as well. Mm-hmm. We will um, post an image of the beer can and the label at iomgeek.com. So, you know, you may be listening to this through your podcast provider, um, but we have, you know, specialized show art for each episode yep. on our Instagram and on iomgeek.com. So definitely check it out if you're curious as to what the label looks like. Or again, well, no, I'm not even going to give you an alternative. Go to our website. We need the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, Paul, you know, did, did you watch yourself some Strange New World Season 2, Episode 2, Ad Astra... Paraspora? Of course I did, Aaron. Well, I, you know, I... I, I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, I haven't. <laughs> I, I, haven't watched, I haven't watched it yet. I got a lot going on. I got this beer I'm drinking. Uh, <laughs> now, I I think you'll recall that I came out pretty hard against the first episode, The Broken Circle, um, and that I just I didn't feel like it was Star Trek, that I was really disappointed that we didn't have Anson Mount in it, uh, that we weren't addressing the Una situation, that that I just didn't feel like it was Star Trek uh, for a number of reasons that I cited in, in uh, that episode. Go listen to it now. Uh, this episode, I feel like, was much closer to what we need in Star Trek. It felt like a Star Trek episode. It did. Um, you know, it felt very much like, even more so than Strange New Worlds was in the first season, this feels very much like an old-school Star Trek episode, yep. uh, you know, with just kind of indicative of our times. It has something to say. It's got metaphors. Now, I'm going to start off by saying I feel like it went a little overboard in being too heavy-handed and being a little too obvious with its comparisons. There was zero subtlety to it. (laughs) Um, New Star Trek is not very subtle. Yeah, there's zero subtlety to to what they were trying to to get across in this episode. Um, I feel like it probably could have used a little bit of trimming. I think the episode was... 54 minutes, 52 minutes, a little bit longer than previous week's episode. And I feel like with some trim, um, it probably wouldn't have been a bit so heavy handed. And some of the exposition and speeches probably could have been trimmed a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I, I did enjoy the episode. I, I, I quite liked it, actually. Yeah, I, I really only I think I only have one complaint about the episode. And that is that uh, Captain Pike never testifies in the trial. They and explained I, that, Aaron. I, I, I know they explained it. I think it's a mistake that we didn't get that drama because I, I think one of the big problems with Strange New Worlds is that Anson Mount, uh, Anson Mount's Christopher Pike, um, is rarely the first guy through the door. You know, that was yes. always the thing that, you know, Shatner pushed for in his portrayal of Kirk is that he should always be the first guy in the room. He should be the, the, the guy making the decisions, making things happen. 
And I think Anson Mount, in his role as number one on the call sheet, is allowing the rest of the cast to, you know, uh, uh, really perform. And while I appreciate that to a certain degree, I do enjoy the hero captain. That's what I like mm-hmm. about Star Trek. I liked that in That's why Star Trek captains are so iconic. That's right. I mean that I mean when you look at Captain Picard, Captain Kirk, Captain Janeway, Captain Sisko, uh, all of those folks were you know, the first one through the door. I mean, they were... I noticed you didn't mention Archer. I don't really. like Archer. That guy. <laughs> I don't like... I, I, you know, I, while I enjoy the actor a great a great deal, I don't think Archer is a particularly good captain. Um, and, and I know Wayne will fight me about that. But, <laughs> you know, I, 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 the others, I think, are exactly kind of what we're talking about. And Anson Mount is very different. And, you know, maybe at the end of the Strange New Worlds experience, I will go, wow, that that was a really different kind of performance and uh, he's a different kind of guy and I like that. But right now I just want a, a, a take charge sort of captain and that's not what we get from Captain Pike and that's kind of driving me crazy. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I feel like they, they, they did intentionally note that Pike was taking a back seat for these first few episodes, which is frustrating because I feel like the whole point of the season finale of season one was that Pike takes too much of a, a backseat and is too right. um, prone to indecision. And they made a point of that right. in the season finale. Right. You know, how that event went differently under Pike than it did under Kirk because of Pike's indeci- indecisiveness. Mm-hmm. Yet in these first two episodes, we're not quite getting, you know, that lesson learned for Pike. Now, that being said, he did go, you know, he did make a determination to go to, um, Illyrian? The Illyrians? That- no, it was a it was a different planet where the uh, I forget the name of the planet, but it wasn't. Uh, it, there are Illyrians there, but it wasn't yeah, the yeah. Illyrian planet. But uh, you know, the the all of them have been genetically engineered to handle the toxic atmosphere or toxic mm-hmm. to human atmosphere. And of course, you know, Captain Pike struggles with his gas mask, uh, wandering around and, you know, sitting in an office building waiting to talk to an attorney. Cause that's his big quest in this episode is he's going to find the best civil rights attorney to represent Una. This is a person who also is Illyrian and, uh, used to be close friends with Una. Uh, until, you know, Una decided to pass as, uh, as, as human, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, enter Starfleet. And so they have this divide between them and, you know, it took some really strong convincing and almost dying for, uh, Captain Pike to convince the attorney to represent Una. And, you know, I really enjoyed the courtroom drama. You know, I, I, it has been a long time since we've gotten a good courtroom drama in uh, Star Trek. And um, I, I thought it was all, was very enjoyable. I like when even the law that we're not familiar with, you know, this is 23rd century law, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's it's fictional law, I liked that it all made sense. I liked that, you know, you could, you know, that you could tell how antagonistic the judge advocate general was, Um, you know, the the bald Vulcan that was supervising uh, Pike's girlfriend Mm -hmm. who who, uh, 
who uh, was, you know, uh, representing the, the Starfleet. Um, I liked all that. I liked that they that they brought Pike's girlfriend back. By the way, that continuity from the first episode too. of the first season. Uh, and of course, she was the one who arrested Una at the end of last season. But I, you know, the way these things work, I had no hopes that we were going to see her again. I love that we're seeing her again. I love that they monkey wrenched the relationship between her and Pike, and you know, they have a a uh, argument in you know pike's kitchen quarters and you know he's sitting there making a, making a dinner and, and she's like you know you you blew up my deal do you know how much work i had to do to to get this deal for una it was a good deal and she she rejected it and he's like yeah maybe you should have thought about that before you arrested my first officer you know i i, I did enjoy the conflict between those two i did too uh, now i will say you know, spoiler warnings on, which obviously you've already seen the episode or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You know, Una, you know, they, they, they win the court case in favor of Una. You know, they, they have acknowledged that based on the strict guidelines for requesting asylum, Una falls within those guidelines. So they respect her, you know, unofficial request for asylum. She's able to return to, to active duty. Mm-hmm. She comes back to the Enterprise. And sitting at her celebration is the opposing counsel. Right. And I'm like, I, I feel like, get the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like, I know you were just doing your job. Yeah. No hard feelings, eh? <laughs> yeah, but get out. <laughs> GTFO. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know what I, what I felt like was missing from this episode? Completely unrelated to Una's uh, uh, legal case. But what I felt like was missing from this episode was a comment from Pike to Spock about last week's episode. Yeah. You know, like, hey, sorry you had to leave Dry Dock. Didn't think that was going to happen. You know, something like that. I just, I. Or something like, you did what? Yeah. Yeah. The fuck, man? I told you to stay here in Dry Dock. Yeah. You know. Yeah, or, you know, good job last, you know, good job. Or any kind of comment between him and, uh, what's her name, Uh, 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 Carol Kane's character. Uh, Oh, yeah, no, there there was, yeah. I mean, I just, something, you know, because a lot changed in that week that that Captain Pike was gone. Yeah, he got a new crew member that he didn't even have to approve. Well, or, or get an opportunity to review. Have you ever had somebody hire somebody on your behalf? That's happened to me, and I did not like it. I did not care for that. <laughs> hey, <Yeah>. whoa. <laughs> yeah, I don't care for that stuff. And I, I would have liked to have seen uh, Captain Pike going, you know, hey, I don't I don't care for her, the sound of her <laughs> yeah. voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is that accent? Yeah. I can't stand it. Yeah, I, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. But I yeah. like the book with Spock, um, you know, in the... Uh, Oh God! The standoff between the standoff. him and uh, and and Bald Vulcan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bald Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I apologize. You had to see that outburst, but you know, I appreciated that Mbenga, you know, had, had could identify the tension between those two right. characters. You know, like those two hate each other. Right. And he's sitting with um, who's he? He's sitting with um, Nurse Chappelle. Ortega. Oh no, was it? No, he was. Was it? Oh, I think no, it was Ortega. You're right. you're right. It was Ortega. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Ortega's, yeah. and. Um, you know, he was. It. It. it I, I like that he. You know, had that history and was able to acknowledge that. Yeah. And it was. It was a funny scene because yeah. he really. Uh, most of the characters from last episode had very little to do yeah. in this episode. Well, they 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 watched a lot of Star Trek. You know, because what they did was <laughs> sit sit in their chairs and watch the view screens. You know, hey hey guys, let's all sit here and have an episode where we watch Star Trek, <laughs> which is what they did. Yeah yeah. 
Yeah, I and I got to tell you, I there were times where I was like, why aren't they just in the room? You know, why are they back on the Enterprise watching it being transmitted? Why wouldn't they be in the room? Particularly since some of them are being called as witnesses. Yeah, well, you know, you know that didn't make any sense to me. Well, you know, there was no jury in the room. There was no audience. It was. It seemed maybe it was a closed yet broadcast session. But, you know, all in all, I really liked this episode. Um, I, I know you felt like it wasn't subtle enough, but I liked, you know, we're, we, we had a civil rights case, you know, in which the genetic manipulation, you know, people choosing to, to, to leave, lead their jet, genetically manipulated lives, um, decisions that were made before they were born uh and you know really you know comparing and contrasting that with you know people who are trans people who are gay you know people who love differently people who are uh, are of a minority race you know Mm -hmm. that kind of thing i really appreciated that yeah i agree it was not subtle it was very much out there it was you know and they they specifically referred to slavery yes uh, but at the point of this timeline happened 400 years ago which whatever hey you know i'm not despair but i am i i will say that moment struck me as a little bit tone deaf because even though the actress having the speech is Uh african-american the person on the stand who she's defending is Caucasian. Right. And I know they're both aliens, so I need to just kind of <laughs> <laughs> remove that. But I was like, well, I don't know that that landed for me. That it, specific. It, it did moment. for me. It did for me. And what I appreciate is, yeah, the original series would have couched this a little bit more uh, in in Star Trek and not made it quite so... Um, so naked there mm-hmm. in front of us. But I got to tell you, I liked that they tried because a lot yeah. of times I haven't felt them trying. And I just, I really appreciated that. I was like, you know, I, I really feel like this is a Star Trek episode. Uh, whereas last week's was not. And it, it, I found it very satisfying. I enjoyed this episode a great deal. I, you know, it certainly there are some problems with it, things that, that I would have liked to have seen differently. But all in all, I thought it was very enjoyable. I agree. I, I did. I, I, I liked it more than the first episode. And um, again, it, it felt more Star Trek even than the first even, season even attempted to do. Right. Yeah. So. You know, but now that now that we've gotten kind of the leftover baggage, mm-hmm. you know, La'an is back, um, and you know, Una's back on the bridge. Like everyone's back, the gang's back together. Yep. You know, just just like a just like a good TV show, we spend the first few episodes getting back to status quo. That's right. <laughs> status is quo. Status is quo. So now That's that right. status is quo, very curious to see what we get from the rest of the season. Yeah, well, we've got a time travel episode coming up this week. Uh, episode oh, that, this three. week is the time travel. Yeah, episode? I think it's tomorrow is tomorrow is tomorrow, something like that. Okay. But yeah, it's the time travel. And this episode. is the one with Kirk. Yep. Yep. Okay, so. so we will definitely have some thoughts on here. Definitely, definitely. Well, Paul, I really like this episode, but you know what I'd like even more is if we got some feedback from our listeners. Uh, if you got something to say, you can shoot us an email. You can attach an audio file. Give us give us a shout at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What a deal. Well, we will uh, do this all over again next week, Paul. Uh, you know, sadly, I'm afraid we won't have any more Star Trek beer. But, uh, maybe we'll have some other sort of libation. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. 
Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. Tribble Wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade.